This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million dollars. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hi, everyone. It's Amanda Rieger-Green. Welcome to Soul Sessions. I am overjoyed. <laughs> We're laughing already. I was I was going to give everybody a disclaimer that get ready to laugh and get ready probably to cry and, and everything in between because today my guest is my sister Mimi. Mary Elizabeth Rieger. She lives in D.C. She is joining me. She is my person. <laughs> she is my person and ha- has been since I came onto the earth. And so hello, Mimi. Hello. Welcome. So happy to see you. Mimi is a yoga instructor in Washington, D.C. She is incredible at what she does. She's highly gifted, has been doing this for 25 plus years, hosts retreats internationally, has graduated hundreds of yogis and students in her teacher training. But she's always had this gift of helping people get into their bodies, pay attention, tweak anything that is out of alignment. Because when I was little, you know, she's the person that taught me how to do cartwheels and all of my dance moves. And I can remember, you know, at four or five (laughs) years old, no, wrist straight. No, land it on two feet, land it. Do it again, do it again. Do it again, do it again, (laughs) stronger, do it again, do it again. And um, anyway, so welcome. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I am very happy. So today, let me just give everybody a heads up. We're going to cover a lot of territory, so we'll probably break it into two sections. Uh, We'll do a part one and a part two, and we're going to talk a little bit about our journey, our relationship, the highs, the lows, the in-betweens, the revelations, the growth, the pain, our family a little bit, which, which I know that you all relate to because we all go through 
family dynamics, sometimes dysfunctional, sometimes functional, and it can create a lot of wreckage. We've certainly been through that, and in this very miraculous and divinely timed way, created an extraordinary healing that resonates out not only to and with our family, but I think into the work that both of us do in the world, our day-to-day life, our personal practices. So we're going to share that with you. We're also, Mimi is the person who was very active and in a front row seat to me stepping into my mediumship, my intuitive gifts. And it's quite fascinating, hysterical, and overwhelming. So I'm she is the one to be able to reflect back stories and talk about opening up to spiritual gifts and her and her spiritual gifts and intuitive gifts too. So we're going to cover a lot of territory and thank you for joining us. I want to start with when I was little. I think I was maybe 4, so I was in preschool. So I was like 4 and we had a dress up day. And you dressed up for what you wanted to be when you grew up. And I remember mom was like, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to dress up as? And I was like, uh, a teenager. <laughs> I I want to be a teenager. And, and I had a, an outfit that I called my teenager outfit. So that's what I wanted to wear. But I wanted to be a teenager because you were a teenager. Yeah. Mimi is 10 years older than me. And... She basically was what I wanted to be when I grow up, and she still is mm-hmm. in, in in multitude of ways. And, you know, have you ever heard it when people say what you want to be when you're like four or five years old? That really is closest to who you are at the essence of your soul. No. Have you ever heard anybody say that? No, and I think that's so true at this moment. What did you want to be when you were four or five? I wanted to do something with design you know, always something with design, using my hands, using color, just, you know, style, whatever. Mimi's an incredible designer and stylist and curates spaces, places, whether it is clothing or it is home decor. She she does that with a very discerning and discriminating eye. And you will know it because it's all over her body language if she disapproves of something <laughs> or it needs tweaking. <laughs> yeah, it shows all over your body language. But, but that makes so much sense, and especially this phase where you're doing a lot of evolving personally and professionally. But, yeah, I wanted to be you when I grew up. And I think back to that, and I was like, well, what was it? Why? And it's not hard for me to answer that question. I wanted to be you when I grew up because you brought me joy. We laughed. We played. Mimi and I share the same father. I have four half-siblings, and all four of those siblings, I have three sisters and a brother, and there's me with my parents. So we have different mothers, same father from two different marriages. And Mimi was the baby of the four. Mimi is the youngest of my four siblings. And she was born at a time that was pretty challenging, I guess, with with our father and your mom and their marriage and life and a multitude of things. And then they ended up getting divorced. My dad met my mom married her and they had me. So it was like, I grew up as an only child, but with siblings. Mimi grew up as an only child, but with siblings. And our our experiences were very close. Talk to me a little bit about that from your perspective and split families and also just challenges in childhood. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, my three other uh, older siblings, Amanda's 
older half siblings are much older than I am. So they were kind of living a different life than I was. The closest sibling to me is six years older. And then my brother is 11 years older. So there's quite a, they had completely different lives going on. I was very small and I was just kind of sheltered and kept kind of out of the chaos and just kind of to the side. So I kind of grew up with not really knowing, no, I mean, grew up early about not really knowing where I fit and not knowing really what, who I was, because I didn't feel like I was part of their family, even though I was, and I loved them. So when Amanda was born, it was like, I was so delighted to be able to have someone that was actually mine, you know, that where I felt like I could, I could be with her. We could, you know, we could, we could just play and explore. And I just wanted to give her all the love that I had. Cause I felt like I just, I was a really loving kid. And I didn't have a lot, many outlets for that because there were so much, so many different things going on in life, you know, leading up to my sixth and seventh year of life and just a lot going on. So when she was born, when I was around 10, it was like a really significant gift and it shifted things in me and my heart and, and my value, you know, who I thought I was because I could share my love with someone. Well, and now you know by that's who I wanted to be when I grew up and it was so important to me because I also, and you know this and thank you for sharing, I felt out of place too. I, I felt that same sense of confusion around who I was, where I belonged. And while I had my family unit of our dad and my mom, I also had these four half siblings that were grown and older and in and out, and they none of them lived with us. So it was like I was an only child, yet I had siblings, but I never really knew where I fit. And from early on, we fit together quite well, and we played and we had fun. And it, it was delightful for me. And that's why I think going back as an adult and looking at, oh, what did I want to be when I grew up? And it really was, I want to be enjoyable. Mm -hmm. I want to be enjoyed. I want to be loved on. I want to have fun. I want to laugh. I want to be seen. I want to play. Yeah. You know, and I think about that as an adult today, and it's so much a part of my prayer and my intention is that I want to be joyful. I want to be playful in life because I, I wax towards serious and intense. <laughs> except when you don't, except when you except, don't. Except when I don't. And when I don't, I'm quite rambunctious and, and sometimes off the chain and out of control. And I love it because, you know, there's nobody in the world except for, you know, my siblings really where I get to be this unapologetic version of myself that is quite playful and free. Mimi and I, and this is where I want to dive in a little bit deeper, entire experience. I, I, there was a period of our life where we were estranged after our dad died. It was, he died when I was 18. You were 28 and you had, you were just shy of 29, right? Yes. Right. Yeah. And he died very suddenly. It was very tragic and unexpected. And the years following that, so Mimi is 29, I'm 18, 19, that age, you know, those are pretty formative times. I was about to go off to college. You are, you know, embarking on what I would know as your Saturn return and into that decade of the 30s. It's a real pivotal time and moment. You also lived in Washington, D.C. at the time. I was in Louisiana and then headed to college in Tennessee. So we had geographical separation. 
we didn't get to see and share time, but then more and more space came between me and all of my siblings. And I was, I was a big part of that. And I was going through a lot of struggles and I set some pretty harsh boundaries for a long time. And there was a, a, an extended period of estrangement and it was, it was painful. It was painful for me. I was angry. I was confused. I was frustrated. I was also in my alcoholism and addiction and that flourished at that time. So it gave me this extra excuse in my mind at the time. It gave me an extra excuse to set a harsh boundary and to cut people out of my lives. And I cut my people, my family, out of my life in a pretty significant way from a lot of pain and trauma and anger and from a very hurt place. It makes me think, you know, hurt people hurt people. And that's definitely what I was doing at that phase of my life. And it was this coping mechanism. And I didn't I didn't know any better. I didn't have the tools and resources. And I also didn't know how to show up, be honest, be vulnerable, speak my truth. I, I just didn't have any of those tools at that time. But it was very painful, and the separation was hard. What are your thoughts on, on that time from your perspective? Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your your perfect home sweet home. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. What are your thoughts on, on that time from your perspective? Well... Because I did feel like our connection was significant and and we were, you know, um, apart from each other a lot, you know, after I left DC and that sort of thing. But we, I felt like we were so entrapped in each other's hearts, 
you know, that I didn't think that that, that bond would ever dissipate, you know? So I remember, you know, trying to find you to invite you to my wedding, you know, there were, there were ways, you know, places where I couldn't, you know, we didn't know where to find you. And, you know, our sister-in-law was, you know, the super sleuth trying to find you for, for all the years. You never gave up and finally yeah. did find you. But um, there were just points where I just felt confused. And I mean, honestly, just bummed out, never mad, never upset. I just was bummed. You know, I was bummed because I just wanted to spend these times with you. You know, I just spent, I just wanted to spend that time with you. But I think in, in retrospect, and we've talked in retrospect, we've talked about this before. Like, I think that you and I together, it would have been too much for us to handle, to be honest. Like if we were both in our, you know, in our heyday of like having a good time and doing those things and being together, I think it would just be too much. It would be too much. And so I think that there is this divine intervention of us having a little pause and then meeting each other yeah. a little bit later when we are actually doing a training or doing our lives are so so parallel when we meet back together that's the that's the that's the magical part about it right I mean yeah. the sucky part is the is the distance and the separation but on the other hand when we we reconnected I mean that's joy right there I just remember seeing you for the first time when I picked you up at your friend's house you know and you came out of the door and I was like oh my god there she is she hasn't changed a bit you got in the car and like, let's go. What are we going to do? Like nothing had changed. How many years was it? Like 13 years, something like that. Yeah, it was 13 years. And, and I share this with everyone. And this is a huge part of my story that it's pretty delicate to talk about. And I, I don't know that I've talked much about it publicly, but I was after our dad died, I went away to school and it was, it was extremely traumatic personally, obviously financially and I was pulling myself up by the bootstraps, putting one foot in front of the other, really surviving for a long time. And unreconciled grief and pain and trauma just began to compound. And all I knew was to shut out and to set heavy boundaries and put my head down and do the work. And when I say do the work, I'm not talking about the personal development and the spiritual work. It was achieve, accomplish, go to school, get this degree, go to graduate school, get this job, make sure everything is taken care of, make sure my mother is taken care of, which you have that same parallel life with your mother. So these are our, our both of our moms. You know, our father is deceased. Mimi was the youngest and very close to her mother, just like I was close to mine. And I, I felt even though my mom took care of me, made sacrifices to have the things I needed, I still felt like the the one that was supposed to assume the role of my father or be in charge or do well academically and then professionally to make sure I could take care of things. And, and in order for me to do that, it was a lot of self-preservation. And then I set these boundaries and I didn't know how to heal and connect and approach old wounds with my half siblings and my family. So I shut them out. And the longer that that happened, the sicker I got, especially in my alcoholism and addiction, because they say something in, al in alcoholism that, that made sense to me once I made the decision to get sober and my life started to change is we drink at 
you know, we drink at. And, and if you would have asked me in the midst of that, if I was mad or angry at you all, I would have said, no, I just can't handle them in my life. I can't, I, I can't deal with all of their stuff or their pain or their trauma. I have enough on my plate. They don't understand my situation. But I drank from a place of really needing to feel and I would drink at, even though it was very subconscious, I would drink at my inability to let people love on me, let people see my messiness, let people see my brokenness. And I think so much, and I'm about to start crying, I think so much of the barrier that I put up for so many years was I was afraid to be loved because love to me meant abandonment or, you know, and I didn't know that at the time. And my mom certainly never abandoned me, but our father and and many things, you know, I think it just piled up. But what Mimi articulated to you all is she and I both know, you know, when we saw each other, she picked, she picked me up in Washington, DC. I was with my, one of my dearest friends from college and it was like, part of my soul just infused back into my body. Mm-hmm. The moment I saw her, it was like we had never been apart, yet we had so many things to connect mm-hmm. and catch up on that we didn't even know. And it was divinely orchestrated, and it was that way with all of my siblings, who, by the way, are the loves of my life today. You know, apart from my husband and Tex yeah. and Abby, our dogs, <laughs> you know, apart from our dogs and my husband you know, I I need them. I, I need to do life with them because I'm better for it. And I now can show up in my messiness and my brokenness. And and these humans, you know, these siblings are the ones that carried me when I couldn't carry myself through my mother's death this past year. So I got to be present for Mimi's mother passing a few years ago and support and love on her and my other siblings. And they turned around and showed up without question and with more unconditional love. So it was very divinely orchestrated. And I, for anybody out there who is listening and understands challenging, difficult, dysfunctional family dynamics, because we have been through, I mean, we could basically be a mini series yeah. on HBO Max. What was that show? Big Little Lies? Like, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know that we had murder going on. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Murder, but literally, if they made a lifetime movie, it wouldn't even be a lot. It would be, it would be a number one Academy Award winning <laughs> show because our family, the stories are outlandish and and incredible and so layered. What we've so through. layered, so layered, so layered psychologically yeah. and personally and intertwined, and it's karmic. And you and I know this. And that word, when I use the word karmic, I mean. I know that we came down to learn big lessons and I feel like we have we walked through all the chaos and dysfunction but we have also walked through the healing in really brave and tremendous ways with each other and and all of us healing different layers of dynamics separately together it's very intertwined but Mimi and I and and I agree on this is there is something to divine timing. And if you're out there listening and you have pain with your family, your family of origin, you know, and your family of origin. And I tell you what, our family of origin, we incarnate into these families to grow, to heal, to learn lessons. And when we grow, heal and learn lessons, usually it's through pain and it's through trauma and tragedy and death and loss and fear 
not always through the happy, joyful stuff. We grow through the tragedy, and it is divinely orchestrated. So if there is someone in your family that's on your heart that you're estranged from or angry or unable to forgive or unable to let in, you don't have to be ready at any time to let them back in or heal those things. A big part for me was saying to God, hey, God, help me, show me. And as I heal and heal through all of my mess, help me to be able to show up and you divinely orchestrate it, God, when you're ready and when I'm ready to show up and face my past, my side of the street, and then be open to hearing their sides of the story and what went on. And that has been one of the most illuminating pieces of the puzzle of my life, of our lives, the fabric of our lives, is hearing your side of the story, hearing what you were walking through, hearing what my other siblings were walking through at different junctures in our journey, and being able to relate, to appreciate it, to understand each other's pain, and not to dismiss it, to really embrace it because it's so parallel and intertwined. It's like we all came to learn to love on each other. Yeah. And you and I specifically to grow together and delight in one another. Is there anything else you want to say about that or that's coming to mind? No, I would just say that we were all having our own individual kind of experiences and journeys with how whatever was going on in the in that time frame. But everything was kind of happening to us in our own way. There were you know, three, four or five foundational aspects that were affecting all of us. Right. So it was, you know, yes. so we were individual and also collectively experiencing the same thing. I would say. Yes. And that's so incredibly intricate on a soul level, on a consciousness level to be experiencing similar stories in different environments and then learning how to bring those together and intertwine and and be reunited and reconnected stronger than ever. So when Mimi picked me up that day in D.C. <laughs> and we got in the car and, of course, we just started laughing and crying. And we were both genuinely overjoyed and overwhelmed to be with each other. And, and at this time... It's when my gifts of mediumship, claircognizance, and precognition were busting in very rapidly, uncontrollably. I was confused. I was afraid. I was curious. And I knew that something massive was stirring in my soul. And I will say this, and I I know it. I know it in my being. You and my mother held the most delicate and strong space for me to cultivate those gifts in very beautiful ways because I I didn't know how to share my voice with the world. I had just finished my yoga teacher training. I was still working in um, healthcare where I was doing very well, but all of these spiritual gifts were coming through. And of course, I finished my yoga teacher training and here I am you know, seeing Mimi in action as one of the most incredible yoga leaders and instructors that I have ever encountered. And 
then getting to have you hold space because that trip was pretty significant because my gifts were coming through uncontrollably and I couldn't shut my mouth. I mean, what do you remember about that trip? Because this is, it's hysterical and it's just, it's kind of a freak out moment. I don't even have words for it. I'll try to keep it very succinct, but it'll be pretty hard to do. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your your perfect home sweet home. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. What do you remember about that trip? Because this is, it's hysterical and it's just, it's kind of a freak out moment. I don't even have words for it. I'll try to keep it very succinct, but it'll be pretty hard to do. But <laughs> So I, I think the very first experience that, because you and I weren't talking about any of your, you know, any of, you, any of your woo stuff yet. We were just kind of catching up on family stuff, like talking about like, you know, just what we've been doing and blah, blah, blah. So I took you out to this lovely little town called Middleburg and we had lunch out there and we were at this old inn and we were sitting there like waiting to, maybe you'd gone to the restroom or something. I was waiting to get for the reservations and the thing. And you came back and you said, well, do you see that uh, Union soldier over there? And the, he was right there in the corner. It's just like, like it was just as clear as day. And I said, where exactly is he standing? Like, what? Because I just didn't exactly know. And you said. Yeah, a Union soldier. <laughs> and I said, where did you see him? And you're like, well, he's not there now, but he was there just a minute ago. I was like, you're like, I know you think I'm crazy. But I was like, no, no, I know this place is haunted. I've heard this for years. I've just never seen anything yet. I said, well, will you let me know if you see anything else? And you said, yeah, sure. Because I wanted to see if I might be able to have the same gift, you know. And listen, the cool (laughs) thing about this is it was so mad. Like, I just said, well, did you see the Union soldier? And then matter of factly, she says, no, but I know that this place is haunted. If you see somebody, you know, let me know again. So it was casual, yet it was strong. And it, it held space for me to start to let you in on the world that had been chaotically rocketing my life and I didn't have a lot of space to share it. So my mom had been sharing in these experiences with me and like very, very few other people at this time. And then here I am (laughs) seeing, you know, 
dead Union soldiers in this this old restaurant hotel. And what happened after that? There was a fox. There was this a fox, fox, right? Yeah, and then it still was all about, you know, the totems and the imagery. And we started talking about all that sort of stuff. And so, like, our lives started kind of intertwining a lot. Like, you know, because I've done my own self-study and, you know, yeah. of myself excavation work all these years before we met back up again and so we had so many similarities and so many like we didn't have to talk we didn't have to explain too much to each other we just knew we just kind of got it we knew yeah and you had this you had an oracle deck you had a spirit animal totem deck I remember that because you you know after all this is going on when we got back you're like oh I've got a deck we've got to pull the deck out and we've got to pull cards and I don't remember what we pulled but I, I do remember we were pulling energies that made so much sense for us and and you're right we didn't have to say a lot we just knew yeah. and we held that space do you remember the your friend who owned the boutique. Yes, but I have a, even I have a better story. I mean, yes, we'll I can oh, okay. certainly tell that. I mean, this might have to be a six well, part that... series. I mean, I have so many stories. <laughs> we'll have, to, we'll have to cut it short at some point. I'm going to tell you the really sweet story about my friend. So, you know, we were out in Middleburg and I wanted to take you to my friend who had the horse farm. Remember? And we yes. went to meet her. Michelle. Yes. And she was one of, she's one of my mentors. She's just this badass lady who I just, she just rocks my world and just such a, an inspiration for me. And so I really wanted you to meet her. And so we go out and we pull up to her farm and we're walking up and she's walking towards us. And you said something like, do you think she would be offended if I said something to her about, you know, something about your, her husband? And I was like, well, I mean, I know she has a partner right now, but um, I'm not sure. Maybe she's cool. Like, I'm not sure exactly how, how it'll go. And so we, she, we introduced you to her and she's super sweet. And you said, I'm so sorry to say this, but your husband wanted me to tell you something. Is it okay if I give you a message? And she said, sure. Just very, just kind of casual. Sure. Yeah. And her husband had died years back, right? Yes. Like love of her life, love of her life, yes. husband. Yeah. Yeah. And you said, he wants me to tell you, your eyes are still as blue. That's the first thing you said. And then you said, and he's so happy to see you wearing the belt buckle. And do you remember that she said after he passed away that she cut all of his belts down so she could wear his belt? <laughs> no, yes. I don't remember and this. she had one of his belt buckles on. And she, and that's really what got her, you know, because that's a very specific thing to, 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 yeah. to notice a belt buckle. And then we went into her home and her mother came through and. You know, so that was a really, because she's just the coolest person in the in the world. So to have like the second experience with me, with her, she's open-minded. It just kind of kept things going, you know, like we just kept. Yeah. And I remember we're driving back from the farm back to DC and we're talking about stuff. And you said, oh my God, dad is here. And I'm like, what? And you're like, oh my God, dad's here. He never comes around. He never comes around. He's here right now. It's like, well, what is he saying? Just driving well, the car. And here, here's what's yeah. so crazy about this is, so our dad died in 1999, as I said earlier. And so for me, people who I love, who are family, who have passed away, they will show up and come through, but they don't come through so definitively and strongly unless I am around someone where it is 
it's like you had to anchor in the energy to for him to come, yeah. to validate yeah. it for me. Because I can feel that just like you feel your mom or I feel my mom come through because we've lost our mothers or, or dad will show up. But it was like you were anchoring in his energy. Okay, wait, what did he okay, say? Okay, so yeah, so you said, oh my God, his, no, so dad is here. I'm like, okay, what is he saying? Like, what? I mean, so I remember just driving and looking over at you like, okay, I mean, like, it's, <laughs> you know, is like, it's the normal, normal day, day-to-day routine, you know? And, um, you said, oh, well, he's, he's like an orchestra. He's like a conductor and he's, or he said, he's been orchestrating this, <laughs> hoping that it was happening. And he's doing his hands like this, to, like to conduct the orchestra saying that he's been working on this behind the scenes all this time. Yeah. Which I can see dad with his fingers, like do, I can see his hands. Yeah. I can, I can see dad's hands so clearly. So basically, like, you know, he's been working behind the scenes, you know, to get our, you know, to have our reunion happen, you know, for us to all start making our way back to each other. And then after that, which <laughs> here's where it gets so layered, because this is where the healing began, not only for Mimi and I and these moments of magic because they were miraculous moments they really were it was like the energy was holding this quantum space for us but Mimi's mom remarried years later later and she married one of our father's very best friends who was in his wedding who my dad was our dad our dad was in their wedding our dad was in Denny's and Betty that's yeah Mimi's stepdad and her mother in their wedding. And he called dad. He said, I, you know, can I date Betty? I think, I think I'm, I'm, you know, into her. I don't know what exactly what he said, but he called our father to say, you know, can I date Betty? And they got married. And, and I mean, he, he was, he remembered dad cause he knew dad from childhood. They lived on the same street. Yeah. Dad was in his first wedding. Yes. They went way back and here's some of the intertwined stuff. But I remember in, on that trip, we were so we start talking about our father and the history of our father and things that we knew and things that we didn't know and I was like we've got to get on the phone and call Denny, we've got to talk to Denny, you yeah. know. And do you remember calling because I mean I I knew Denny, but Denny knew our father and that was like us extending hey we're here we're back together, tell us these stories about Dad because I remember that being so healing, to be able to reach out and ask questions about our father, but both of us together asking someone who really knew, but also somebody who was a father figure, which was your your father figure, yeah. more so even at time. It, I mean, I don't want to overstep in any way, but then our father. Yeah, I, in, in yes, ways. 100%. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so we called my mom and, and Denny and they, you know, everybody knew it was up. Everybody knew that you were coming, you know, but everybody was going to give it, give us our own space to work into it and like, you know, let us come out of our little shell when we were ready. And so we called my mom and she's like, hi, Amanda. She was so delighted to talk to you. And you guys had a little exchange. Yep. And then Denny came on the phone, like, you, you know, no time had passed. And we asked him all about Buddy, our grandfather, who would neither one of us met and yep. told us about, you know, about our, our, you know, our grandmother, our dad's mom and how she was such a, you know, such a strong female in his, in his, you know, in his history and how she was just such a dynamo and blah, blah, blah. And just kind of validated that we were all 
exactly where we were supposed to be, so to speak. And getting a lot more information about Buddy, because remember, you'd come, he ended up being one of my guides initially on that very first trip. He came out and had a very important message that he gave you to give me and blah, 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 blah. So that was kind of a, a pretty big deal. We're sharing these stories with you, not only to get you thinking about healing, whatever healing can or you you think can or can't take place, but how intertwined our intuition and our DNA and our bloodlines are and how people in our lineage, people in our present, our ancestors, as well as the people around us can illuminate pieces of our soul, pieces of our story that have been estranged or disconnected or disjointed or untold. Mm-hmm. And it, it was like the history of ourselves and our souls started piecing back together. And it, it was, I mean, it was intense and it was, I mean, we were mind blown <laughs> the whole time too, because things would happen and it's been this way ever since. It's been this way for years now. We share so many parallel stories and open up for healing. But wait, tell, talk about the the woman. Because I remember so profoundly going into this woman's boutique and you're like, Amanda, don't freak her out. And I'm like, I can't help it, Mimi. And you're hiding behind the clothes. <laughs> tell them the story. Because I will never, like you're hiding thinking this woman's going to think I'm crazy. You can tell the story. But I, I remember you thinking, what is she going to say? Yeah. So she, she was, um, this awesome woman. She's a boutique quite near right where I live here on, in, in, uh, in DC. And I had a yoga, uh, pant line for a while and she was carrying my pant line. She was just, she's, it's just a cool lady. And I wanted you to see how cool her shop was and blah, blah, blah. And we walk in, I'm like, Hey, Hey, this is my sister. She's in town. And automatically you start acting a fool like you were acting so strange and you turn around and you said your grandmother's trying to tell me something I'm like I'm not sure this is the right place for this honestly I don't know I don't know her that well she's super nice but I'm not sure this is the right place to start saying she's like but she's really insistent she won't let me stop she I have to say it I'm like okay so I walk around I said Fair, I'm gonna go ahead I'm gonna walk around here and just look at the pants and see what's still here you know do we need to replace anything I mean and you were and you were hiding behind behind, behind you know a a closed tier whatever those things yes. are called you're like hiding behind it peeking out like a child and I'm you know bellying up to her counter yes yes and you say um, I know this is unusual. I'm Mimi's sister. I'm really not a strange person, but I have to tell you something. Your grandmother has me has want me, wants me to tell you that she really loves the flowers that you put on on the desk here or on the on the checkout desk or whatever it was. And all of a sudden, she just starts just dri- I mean, just dripping tears out of her eyes. And she's like, "Oh my God, are you serious? I needed to hear that right now more than ever. I'm going through a really challenging family situation. Something legitimately just happened outside on the sidewalk with someone in my family. And and you said, oh, your grandmother. I mean, she is really, really strong. And she has some choice words for you. Like meaning like, <laughs> to, like pull up your bootstraps and stand up for yourself, basically, is what she was saying. Yeah. Right. And the, the, what I find is really interesting is the way that you're able to connect. And this is, you know, your special way and and ways that when I've had readings too from others, you know, just to make sure that people know that, you know, you're on the right track, something very specific, like she loved flowers and there's a a particular type of flower that was in that flower 
arrangement that was their flower. And you pointed directly to that flower and then all of a sudden it was, you know, it was an open an open door to move forward because yeah. she knew it was a safe space yeah. and she knew it was legitimate. And then you went on from there. And I just want to say, I mean, this brings me so much inspiration and joy for other people, too, about so many people are coming into gifts, gifts of intuition, gifts of the soul, of higher consciousness, of mediumship, of connecting with loved ones or whatever your gifts may be, finding people in your life. And and it doesn't have to be family of origin, by the way. You know, we have a lot of family that is not blood family that becomes our tribe, our people. But finding people to be firm and encourage you and and also to hold space in ways because I I didn't know how to express those things but I knew when a spirit was knocking and they were relentless and the message was important I was going to figure out a way to share it and at that time I was learning to ask permission ethically you know hey to ask above the spirit and then make sure I could share it with the person that I wasn't just dumping material on I, I, you know, I was navigating all of that, but every time I would share something and it would resonate and heal and relate, you know, and relate presently and, and, and concretely, it was like something leveled up in me, but then to have you witness it and to hold the space gave me a strength that I didn't have for myself. And, and I'm sharing that because the gift of intuition can be lonely. And I had a woman tell me that this morning when I finished my Pilates class, just talking about her personal spiritual development. She wasn't talking about mediumship. She's lost her father and her grandmother, and her grandmother primarily raised her, and she's going through some, some stuff right now. But she says, man, Amanda, the spiritual journey is lonely. She said, it can be very lonely. And and I said to her, I said, I hear you. It is. And she said, so many of my friends don't want to talk about it, don't know how to hold the space. And she said, I enjoy them. But she says, there's a couple of people that I can go to lunch with or a book I can bury myself in about signs and oracles and messages. And she says, I can cry myself to sleep, but I'm not crying tears of pain. I'm crying tears of healing and awakening. And then I know who my audience is and I can share it with, and I know who it may not be safe with, or it may not be okay with, or it may infringe upon their space or their beliefs. And and I'm not going to do that, but I still get to be their friend. I just can know my audience. So if you're listening, remembering, it is imperative that this journey be done with people who can hold space for you and support you because it is lonely. I'm delighted to be sharing this conversation with my person, my support during my journey, my sister Mimi. You can find her on Instagram at Mimi Rieger Yoga. Part two of our conversation will drop as a bonus episode this Friday. We'll be sharing more of our intimate family stories in hopes that you can see the divine timing in your own life and find healing in your family and relationship dynamics. We'll also talk aliens, ghosts, and Mimi's new path as a death doula. You won't want to miss it. Thanks for joining me. Be well. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. 
With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 